0: This episode of the Man Talks podcast is brought to you by Van City Buzz. Do you love Vancouver? Stay connected to your city with the latest in news, events, sports, music, and more with Van City Buzz. Check out vancitybuzz.com or search Van City Buzz on social media.
1: Whatever we do, we should do it to the best of our ability.
2: you got some living yet to do. I won't give up on you. See these machines.
0: Holy crap. Holy crap. What an episode. This is a big one. Welcome back to the Mad Talks podcast, everyone. My name is Roger Nairn. And as always, I'm Connor Beaton. This week, we have the one and only Lewis Howes. Lewis Howes is a New York Times bestselling author of the New York Times bestselling book, The School of Greatness. He's a lifestyle entrepreneur, high-performance business coach, and keynote speaker. As a former professional football player and two-sport All-American, he's currently a U.S. men's national handball team athlete. Lewis hosts a top self-help podcast, also called The School of Greatness, which has received millions of downloads since its launch in 2013. He was even recognized by the White House and President Obama as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs in the country under 30. Lewis is a contributing writer for Entrepreneur and Yahoo Health and has been featured in The New York Times, People, Forbes, Men's Health, The Today Show, and many other major media outlets. Wowza. We're really, really excited though because he's coming all the way from his home in California to Vancouver to speak to our entire Man Talks community. Boom. For those that haven't heard, we've got an event on April 9th, 2016, that we'd love for you all to attend. We're excited to announce that not only is Lewis going to be speaking, but also his friend, Mr. Ryan Holmes. For those that don't know Ryan, he is the founder and president, CEO of Hootsuite, which yes. is going to be incredible. We're also going to have a few other speakers, Connor included. Riaz Menji included as our host. It's going to be an amazing half day. Tickets are on sale right now at Mantox.com. Make sure you head out there. And in the podcast, if you listen to the very end, we've got a little special gift that we're going to be announcing. Oh, we're going to save that gift. We're going to save that gift. You're such a tease. I'm such a tease. All right, here we go with Lewis House. Awesome, Lewis. Thanks so much for joining us on the Man Talks podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Excellent. Before we get started, we always like to ask our guests, what is a defining moment that you've had as a man that you can share with the with the listeners?
1: I'd say well, I've had many defining moments, but one that initially stands out is the day that I took my power back from being raped as a child when I decided to use my voice to, sh- to share with people about what happened as opposed to keep it as a secret for any longer than the 25 years I'd kept it in and th- the moment that I shared it and then the, I would say the freedom that I got once I allowed myself to heal in that process.
2: Hmm. That is, a, that's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So what, what was that? What was that like? Overcoming it and stepping out because I'm sure there's tons of people out there that have that sort of obstacle that they're facing, um, whether it's something like that or, or something completely different. And you know we we all face those we all face those challenges in order of taking our power back. What how did you how did you do that? Mm. Well, I think for men in general, I think a lot of men feel
1: ashamed or guilty for certain things that happened in the past, whether it's as uh, you know something like that or even something smaller where they used to do something like stealing or just lying, people can feel guilty about that and people can fall into a pattern of never getting out of that and actually telling the truth but they just continue to keep lying and digging a hole deeper and deeper to try to protect themselves, to make themselves not look bad or make themselves not look out of integrity. Um, So one of the things you can do is really just start to be aware and start to be aware and ask yourself the question, am I... Is anything holding me back? Is there anything in my life that I do on a consistent basis that holds me back from my greatness or from my best self or from connecting on the deepest level with people? Um, and is there anything that I try to hide from or try to justify that I'm doing that it's okay or it's not a big deal to be lying about or that I do is a pattern? That, that holds me back. So first step would be to be aware and ask yourself the question, is there anything that's, that's holding me back from that? And I think the second thing is to uh, have a conversation with a friend and ask a friend, you know, where do you see in your honest feedback without knowing that it's not going to hurt my feelings? Where are my blind spots? Where is something that I do in my life that you feel like I don't have complete control of or I'm not um, fully accessing all of my power in or somewhere I shy away from? Is there anything that I do that you feel like holds me back as a human being? And I would ask the people closest to you, even if uh, you know, you're know you probably going to get defensive in some ways, but even if that's the case, don't worry about judging them. Just take in the feedback and receive it and see if any of it lands for you. So for me, to be aware of asking yourself the questions privately and then asking someone else what's holds me back.
0: So what I'm, what I'm here for you is that it requires a lot of vulnerability. Absolutely. Which as, as a man doesn't come very easy. You know, how do you call How do you cultivate that?
1: I think you got to ask yourself the question again, what do I want? What do I want in my life? What do I want my life to look like? What do I want to achieve? And if you want to have an extraordinary life, if you want to achieve anything of meaning, or value on a large scale. You know, you have to think about what are the greatest leaders in the world, both men and women? What are some of the characteristics and qualities and ways of being that they possess? And the greatest leaders in the world aren't ones who make an actual impact that's meaningful, aren't ones that are guarded, right? These are men who are able to build incredible relationships. You know, something that keeps coming up for me for my entire life is that the key to success in life is relationships. And the key to successful relationships is in fact, intimacy and vulnerability. And again, the greatest leaders in the world learn how to connect through intimate, vulnerable ways. And that's how they're able to move people to follow their vision and move into action. And so, you know, even if you're not trying to cure world world hunger or something, but if you just want to make an impact with your own idea, you're going to need to step into being intimate and vulnerable and not having a guard up the whole time or acting like you have it all figured out or protecting yourself or putting an image out in a specific way because you don't want to look silly. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable In order to relate to people because people can't relate to someone who's perfect all the time or who's guarded or uh, defensive all the time. They can relate to someone who's vulnerable and who doesn't know all the answers but who's also confident in their vision. So that's something you got to take on.
2: Yeah, it's a really great point. I think a lot of of men especially, they kind of fall into this trap where – they want to be a leader they want to be a great father or a great husband and they take the stance that that means being kind of like overly stoic right and they they kind of take this stance of hardening themselves and then being almost not emotionally not emotionally dead but but really avoiding their emotions entirely because they think that that's what people are looking for when in right. actuality as you just said there's so much power in in vulnerability, and so much power in this in this idea of just being open and authentic with people. So, I'm I'm very curious. You know, like you've been a pro football player, you've got this international best selling book called The School of Greatness, which is absolutely freaking incredible. You're coming to Vancouver on April 9th uh, for a special yes. event with us, which is absolutely awesome. I'm really curious. Why is greatness so important for you and where did this passion or, or pursuit of greatness come from? It's important to me because I
1: believe that we're here for a reason. I believe that we're all here to not just show up and exist and then die. I believe we're here to do something meaningful with our lives. For some, it's going to be more well-known and recognize the things we do. And for others, it's going to be less known. You know, there's no right or wrong approach to life, but I think whatever we do, we should do it to the best of our ability. And, you know, for me, the reason I started thinking about it is because I wasn't sure growing up as a kid why I was here. I think a lot of kids probably at some point say, What's the point of this? Why am I here? I think I might have been a little more extreme where I would question it often in elementary school because I was dyslexic and really struggled with school. So I always felt like not accepted. I didn't feel smart enough. I never felt like I would ever figure it out because it was so challenging for me to comprehend and remember things in school. And I was bullied a lot as a kid, so I didn't really have friends with my peers. So for me, and I was the youngest of four. My siblings were older. They didn't really connect to me. And I just was like, I would always go into the the principal's office when I'd get in trouble and I'd say, I wish I were dead. I don't know the point. What's the reason for me being here? I don't understand this. And I think, you know, I yearn to learn the reason and the meaning and understand things. And I think that's one of the reasons why I started a podcast to interview some of the most brilliant people in the world because I wanted to learn the reason why they do certain things, why they're up to this, how what others can do to to tap into this as well. That's kind of why I got into uh, greatness is because I felt uh, uncertain my entire childhood and I wanted to do something that initially my peers would recognize that my classmates would accept me for. And then as I got beyond that process of feeling, you know, like, okay, I've got my peers, I've got friends now. I was like, well, what else is available for me? How far can I take this talent from a small town in Ohio? What can I do with my limited gifts? And how can I maximize them so that they're more powerful gifts? And then how can I impact the maximum number of people in my town, in my community, the state, the country, the world with my gifts? So I just kept researching and diving in and discovering my own unique gifts and talents and... Sharpening my tools to see how I could impact people because I felt like that was fulfilling for me. And the passion now is because, you know, I don't know when my time is going to be up. I have no clue. And, but I feel like I know why I'm here now. I feel like I know, at least in this stage of my life, I know why I'm here. Unless something changes or evolves, I'm on a path to uh, impact the maximum number of people, to show them how to tap into their unique gifts and talents to live a fulfilling life. And, and that's what drives me. That's what motivates me to reach as
2: many people as possible and share this message. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you and I have kind of similar backgrounds in some regards, in terms of struggling with, you know, school and asking the questions and, you know, having sort of the the darker outlook from a teenage years. And, you know, you, you talked about greatness being this idea of, It almost sounds like curiosity and I always say Mm -hmm. like, you know, greatness isn't necessarily always about having the right answers but about having the right questions. And if you have the right questions, you can find the answers you're looking for. Exactly. So – yeah, I mean, thanks for sharing that because I think that that really resonates. It definitely resonates with me, and I think it resonates with a lot of people out there.
0: So you yeah. know, if I if I if I'm somebody who doesn't know what I'm you know put on this earth to, that i that I'm put on this earth to do, what do you recommend um, I, I should be doing?
1: Well, it all kind of depends on where you're at and what stage of your life. I mean, when I was a teenager in high school i didn't know that I was going to be doing this you know fifteen years later, and at the time I just wanted to play sports and I wanted to graduate high school and get a college scholarship, so that was my purpose at that time and then each stage of my life, each season, I found a new purpose you know after college, my purpose was to be a professional football player that's what, that was my dream, so I followed that path. And then when that ended, I was like well what's my dream now i don't know what my purpose is because this is over.' And I had to rediscover it, and I think uh, you know each phase of our lives, we have an opportunity to rediscover what that and, is. And
0: sort of cut you off, but on, on your on your podcast, you talk about
1: seasons and and yes.
0: these seasons in your life. I wonder if you can unpack that a little bit more.
1: I I use a lot of my sports background and and translate it into my life or business just because that's all I really know, and I think it works well. You know, in sports, we would have a season you know, I used to love playing baseball growing up. I played since I was five on T ball and then coaches pitch with my dad as a coach. And then all through high school. And then my, my senior year, I remember it was the spring season just after basketball and it was time to go play baseball. Right. And it was my senior year. And I remember just thinking to myself, I don't know, this, this basketball season was over. And so I had like a few days or a week until the next season started. And I remember thinking, you know, I just, don't feel passionate about baseball anymore. I think I'm going to go do track. And I had a moment to think, well, my whole life I had been passionate about something and this was a purpose of mine every spring was to go play baseball, but I just felt like it wasn't for me anymore. And so I found a new path, a new purpose for that season of my time for those three months. And I went and pursued track. And uh, that's okay. We're allowed to change and evolve and go in different places in our lives and our careers and relationships. I think it's all about understanding, is it serving me to the highest? Is this serving the maximum number of people by me doing it to the highest level? Am I the most fulfilled by doing this thing? Or uh, is it not fulfilling anymore? And If it doesn't make you fully happy and fulfilled, then there's either you need to shift your attitude about it, or you've got to figure out how to shift your situation to get on a path that will make you fulfilled. So that's what I talk about with seasons.
2: Nice, yeah, it's a it's a great analogy, and uh, I'm curious because I like I have a background in in music, and I was an opera singer for quite a few years, and I found that when I transitioned from that previous passion and and career into business and entrepreneurship, I found that a lot of the skills were transferable, and a lot of them transferred over, and so I'm very curious about you know yes. what, what were some of the key lessons that you learned as a as a pro athlete, and how have those empowered you within your entrepreneur career? I think one of the
1: things that a lot of people don't understand is who don't play sports is the amount of pain that you go through, especially in football and some of these more physical sports is that I was constantly experiencing pain. And in arena football specifically, I had broken my wrist in the second game. So for 14 games, I was just taping it up. And all the practices throughout the week, I was experiencing extreme pain. And also the emotional pain that comes in every single day of potentially losing your spot. And so I'm dealing with this physical pain, this emotional pain of, you know, am I going to lose my spot because I'm not able to play at the highest level anymore? and then the, the mental pain of you know, remembering everything, all the plays when you get beaten up, when you have to get back out there and run another play, it's just like most people don't experience that level of pain and physical exertion and mental challenges at such high stakes that often in their life. And for me, I felt like, wow, this, if I can experience this, some of like the meanest men in the world trying to kill me every single play... And potentially losing my my dream every day and being in physical pain and get through that, then business and entrepreneurship is pretty easy. And I can handle the stresses of the day-to-day things that come up or anything that may be uh, an unfortunate moment, I can handle it. And I think a lot of people just are afraid. They're afraid, especially entrepreneurship most people are afraid to put themselves out there they're afraid to launch something you know i see a lot of this with entrepreneurs they don't want to launch a new product because they're worried about the design of a logo or whatever or what people how it's going to be received if no one's going to buy it and so they are in you know they're imprisoned in their own um, fear of what people are going to think about it or the the results of it and i think for me as an athlete i was just like i'm going to make a lot of mistakes i'm going to be a failure over and over and that's what's going to make me better And so I've been able to just tap into that and just allow myself to make mistakes, no matter how bad something is, um, or, or how horrible it's received and then just keep moving forward.
0: I'm hearing a couple of things through what you're saying that that you also touch on in the book, you know, turning adversity into an advantage, but also cultivating a champion's mindset. What, you know, what does that, what does that mindset look like?
1: It's belief. You know, I was taught, I was doing a coaching call with someone uh, earlier today and she's, a mom of three in Cleveland, Ohio. And she just went through a divorce about a year ago and she lost 85 or 90 pounds, somewhere around there. She was like 210 and now she's like 125 or something. And she's been doing these group, she's been teaching fitness classes and kind of like, and and making a certain amount every month, about 2500 bucks a month, working essentially and doing eight classes a day at different gyms or whatever. And I said, how much do you want to make a month? And she said, $6,000 would be incredible. I said, how would that make you feel? And she said, it would make me feel very proud. It would make me feel uh, like i matter, like I'm worth it. And I'd be really proud of myself for creating that result. And I said, well, why don't you just go find... Five or six clients to pay you a thousand dollars a month, and coach them one on one to give them the transformation that you had in losing ninety pounds for their life as well. And and I said, how much weight could you help people lose in ninety days if they were, you know, about the same size as you and wanted to get down to where you're at now? And she said, I could get them sixty pounds off in ninety days. And I go, would you be willing to pay three thousand dollars? to transform your life, to have a better life and health and this and that?" And she said, absolutely. And I said, well, why aren't you doing this already? She said, well, I don't have the credential. I'm not a certified personal trainer yet, and so I just don't believe people would pay me that much money to coach them. And I said, listen, your results are your credentials. You got results and you've already helped other people lose tons of weight and live better lives. So do you think people care that you have a certificate or you think they care that you get people results? And she said, I never thought of it that way. I just never believed in myself. And so one of the things that's building this champion's mindset is the belief. And you know, when I look at when I watch athletes after a big game, you know, after the Super Bowl or whatever it may be, and they interview the MVP of the game, usually one of two responses happen. The first thing is the the athlete will say, you know, first I want to put my, uh, all my thanks to God, uh, you know, without him, I could have done any of this, all the praise and glory goes to God. Uh, you know, I'm just the channel for, for God, right? It's, it's this, this belief that there's a higher power, a higher being that is serving their mission and giving them the strength. And, and that's something they'll mention or, Another athlete would say the other approach and say this is the Muhammad Ali response that I am the greatest. I knew we were going to win. I knew I was going to beat this person. I knew I'd knock him out in the first round. I knew it because I've trained harder than anyone else, and I'm the greatest, and I believed in myself. So either approach is right. It's because they both have belief, and that's what carries people to the championship and – You you may have the belief and still not win, but you cannot win without the belief. And that's the same thing in business or or relationships or life or losing weight. You've got to believe in yourself or in something so certainly that it's going to happen in order for yourself to have the opportunity to get there. But I can guarantee if you don't believe In yourself or some greater power with certainty, then it's probably highly likely that it's not even going to be a chance of it happening. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's amazing. And thank you so much for that. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And you know, we're big believers in that champion mindset as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely something that you need in order to, to succeed. So you've got this championship mindset. Now it's time to hustle. So, what does hustle mean to you? And it's one of those terms that we are, hear, you know, we're hearing a lot lately, and it's coming from all sorts of different directions, and and seems to be a bit of a buzzword. But uh, I know that you uh, you f- you believe firmly in hustle. So, what does that mean to you?
1: You know, it's funny. Four years ago, I sent my first proposal to my agents, and the title of the proposal was called Hustle. And he said, "There's no way I'm going to be." an agent for a book that has the title hustle on the cover of a book and i said okay i'll change it and now a good friend of mine just sold a book to the same publisher that i have that the agent uh, my agent helps sell to that's called hustle so it's interesting that <laughs> get, uh, get a cut know, get a cut exactly right and i'm like you know he's a little more old school and so his his viewpoint of the word hustle means something different than what it means to some of the younger generation today but you know the reason why I was going to title the book "Hustle" is because, in my mind, I was trying to point get the point across that you know for years and years of my life, whether it be in sports or in business, you know I was never the most talented. I was never smart, the smartest, the fastest, the strongest. Uh, I never had the greatest idea in business. I never had any of these things that were like extraordinary. But I was willing to have extraordinary hustle consistently over years and years of time and i will take the person with consistent hustle over years and years of time building that momentum compounding it over time over brilliant people who are lazy any day of the week and i think it's you know it goes back again to sports like the coach i knew when i wasn't i wasn't talented enough in middle school to be a starter on the basketball team. I just, my body wasn't developed. You know, I was slow. I was gangly. I just, I didn't have all the skills that some of the other players had. But I just knew that what I could do is I could out-hustle everyone and I could dive for every loose ball and I could be an extraordinary rebounder and crash the boards when everyone else was trying to back away because they were tired. So for me, I was like, what are all the things that I can do to out-hustle everyone else so that I can be a starter on the team and always be on the court? And be the most valuable player because I hustle, not because I'm the best shooter or something. And that was something that I learned early on that, you know, again, I was not – even in, even in college, I was not the best athlete on my team. I was not the best player on my college football team. But I was the only person to go play co- uh, pro football from my college. And it's because I was able to develop other things outside of hustle. And the hustle for me is also about relationship building. You know, I, when I went to the combine, the NFL combine at Ohio state after the, my final season, I remember thinking like, you know, my, my testing, my, my 40 yard dash time, my, uh, my high jump, my, all these numbers, they're not going to like come off anyone's uh, charts as like phenomenal. They're going to be subpar average at best. Uh, all my numbers. I mean, I ran like a four, seven forty. I had a horrible 40 time. I only jumped like 32 inch vertical jump. It was like an, maybe a nine foot broad jump or something, but they were all like average marks, nothing to, to write home about. But what I did is I brought a stack of DVDs and I, I created a highlight film before, you know, people were making highlighted films to give to scouts. And I, there was so much downtime in between our sessions that I went and talked to each one of the scouts for the NFL, the CFL, the AFL, and I asked them questions and I handed them my DVD and I got their business cards and I followed up with them and built relationships. And so for me, it's more than just hustling you know, in your craft or in your business, but it's also what are some unique ways that I could hustle to give myself the advantage and do something that other people aren't doing or aren't thinking about that gives me the edge. You know, in college, I was like, I'm not going to be the best, the fastest person. It's just not possible with my genetics. No matter how much I trained, it wasn't possible. Um, But I knew that everyone, after every game, went out and got trashed at the, the after parties, right? Whether we won or lost, they went and got trashed. And did keg stands and everything else. And so I made a commitment to myself that I was not going to have one sip of alcohol throughout college. Because I wanted to give myself every opportunity to out-hustle everyone. And I stayed true to that. And I've still never been drunk today because I want to give myself every advantage possible to out-hustle people. Because they have more skill, more information. They can remember things better. And um, I've got to be willing to sacrifice something to get the results that I want.
2: Nice. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And I, I think that, that that mentality and that level of commitment and dedication and willpower is so true in every industry. Um, I went when I was going through my music degree was a very similar thing. Everybody, all of like the the former professional classical singers, like the opera singers, did all say the exact same thing. They would say hard work beats talent every single day. Yeah, and it was really funny because a lot of the a lot of the people that I sung with, you know, they were resting on their laurels. They had really great voices. Yep. They were naturally talented and you know I didn't start singing until I was 19 I had no music background and when I entered I didn't know the notes on the piano but very very similar where I was just like okay I'm just going to learn what I can do really really well which was build relationships and ask a shit ton of questions and and then just hustle and do more work and outwork everybody and in the long run that got better results than the people who just simply had this sort of quote-unquote natural gifts right exactly Um, and it's funny because then those are the people that attribute their non-success to bad luck, <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> which, I've, which I've always yep. found. so um, cool. Well, Lewis, we need to start wrapping up, but you know we've got this we've got this event on April 9th. Why are you excited to come to Vancouver and speak at Man Talks? And can you give us a little insight into maybe just what you're going to talk about? Just like a little hint for our listeners?
1: You know I'm excited because well, I believe it's a whole room full of only men, right? Uh, or whether it be some women? There's going to be some ladies there. Yeah. There'll be some ladies there. But I'm excited to speak about the power of vulnerability and how to achieve greatness while tapping into that and all the other things that um, enhance your ability to achieve greatness. I'm going to be sharing some great stories about this. And I'm going to also be, hopefully, with your guys' blessings, diving into a little bit of... Uh, having the, the audience and the community there do some work to see what's been holding them back and all the things that are available for them in their life in that experience. And in those, in those minutes that I'm talking, I'm going to be having them doing the work, diving in and working with some people to really see what's possible for their life, their business, their relationships. And the goal is to create such a powerful experience that when people, Leave that experience, they think of that moment two, three years down the line and say, That was the catalyst for me changing my life in the direction that I've always wanted to go, as opposed to hiding behind something that's been keeping me from living an average life.
0: you give me the goosebumps, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be amazing. I got the goosies. Got yes. the goosies. The, hey, the goosies. Uh, before you go, what's, what's one thing that you're most excited about these days that you'd want the listeners to know about?
1: I'm very excited about my podcast. You know, it's something that's I'm consistently investing in and adding more value to. So that's that'd be the main thing. I mean, my book, if if people don't have my book, make sure to, to check it out and listen to the podcast.
0: Absolutely. And people can find out more information by going to lewishouse.com. Of course, check out Lewis's New York Times bestselling book. And if you're in Vancouver, come check out the event where he'll be speaking. Tickets are on sale now as we speak at Mantalks.com. And as a special offer, just by attending the event, you're going to get a free copy of Lewis's book. So go to Mantalks.com, yeah. check out those, the tickets, listen to more podcasts. We've got blog, amazing blog posts and any sorts of videos about our events, which are going to be going live soon. And finally, thanks so much for listening to the Mantalks podcast. Catch us next week for another inspiring conversation with an inspiring man. we we'll